Welcome to the Geektastic Dad podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm your friendly neighborhood geek and father of a daughter. In this podcast, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, some thoughts about Christmas. Uh, I want to discuss Wonder Woman 1984, and then finish off with, you know, some of my favorite shows that are coming back, Cobra Kai, Batwoman, Resident Alien. So if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at podcast at geektasticdad.com. Uh, be sure to visit and follow me on social media. Uh, facebook.com slash thegeektasticdad or my twitter handle is at geektasticdad please like and subscribe my podcast on your favorite app itunes spotify google Podcasts, whatever um thank you for joining me let's get started I really do mean it. Thank you for joining me again. I know it's been a long time. There's just been so much going on. I'm sure we've all got those challenges with family and work alone, not to mention you pile on crazy politics and COVID madness. Uh, But I'm not really here to talk about any of that. Christmas has come and gone, and we're days away from 2021. I have to say, this time last year, I had some high hopes for 2020, as I'm sure we all did. Uh, I think we can agree that 2020 was a dud, Um, I am thankful for my health and my ability to pay bills, which is saying more than quite a few people right now. Uh, But I remain hopeful of 2021. So if you have them, you know, raise your glasses to the end of 2020 and let's all pray for a much better year. What I love about this month, about December, this part of year, is that there are a lot of ways we can come together and celebrate the holidays. For many, Christmas is a time of giving, sharing, spending time with friends and family. Uh, It's a time to put aside differences and be grateful. For Christians, obviously, uh, it's a celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, but Christmas isn't exclusively for anyone, which is what I love about it. But there's something kind of special about rolling into December for some reason. While many do celebrate Christmas in their own way, it's also a time of magic, at least for me it is, has been as a kid. Uh, One of the most amazing childhood experiences was to have a white Christmas. I used to love looking out the window on Christmas morning to see the snow piling up, knowing that in a few hours I'd be out there in that white bliss, getting chilled to the bone and soaking wet, but having a great time doing it. Of course, now that I'm in a desert, we have to go on a mission to find snow, which is its own unique kind of fun. Uh, I always get a sense of excitement and wonder as Christmas approaches, and then as it passes, I start to feel nostalgia. I love to drive through the neighborhoods and look at lights. I love that people make goodies for neighbors and friends, and I definitely love how tension between disparate groups generally lessens, whether it's feuding family members or political differences. And then who doesn't love Santa Claus? Many countries keep the tradition of Santa alive, though he goes by many names, which is part of the magic, I think. I remember how wonderful it was being a child and fighting my own exhaustion to get a glimpse of old St. Nick, only to wake up and find I'd missed him yet again. But he didn't miss me. There was always a few extra presents and, of course, a packed stocking. Being a child on Christmas morning is almost as much fun as being a parent on Christmas morning. And seeing the wonder in your children's eyes as they check their stockings and see if Santa ate their cookies and drank their eggnog or milk. I don't know about you guys, but this year Thanksgiving and Christmas have both had a different feel. Thanksgiving was slim. A lot of families chose to abstain from the big get-togethers they're used to due to COVID. And I'm sure there's a lot of virtual celebrations. I had a very small gathering, and we set up a video conference that friends and family could join through uh, throughout the day, uh, which was kind of fun, but it's not the same. 
Christmas. Seems like people around me really needed Christmas this year. I think people needed cheer, needed the sense of unity and spirit. I know I sure did. I've been running dangerously low since about August. My Christmas tree went up Thanksgiving weekend and lights shortly after. And I, I don't know, might keep them up for a couple more weeks. We'll see. That being said, I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas, and I hope your souls got rejuvenated with the spirit of Christmas. And I sure hope that you all have, well, hope for 2021. No need to go into the next year with a bleak outlook. Be positive, but be prepared and be flexible. I'm always interested in Christmas traditions. You know, we have our own. But if you have a fun tradition you'd like to share, go ahead and email me at podcast at geektasticdad.com. Speaking of Christmas, if you didn't know, Wonder Woman 1984 came out on Christmas Day. Now, the original Wonder Woman movie was primarily set in a time period of World War I, circa 1918. Except the flash forward where uh, the scenes were Diana's Morning Steve, uh, which is set after 1984. So basically, WW84 is set about 70 years after the original Wonder Woman movie. Now, there's more... There's a more detailed timeline in the RadioTimes.com article that I've linked in the show notes, but definitely worth a look. Uh, they also have a couple of suggested watch orders for the Wonder Woman movies, which include uh, the Justice League movies. So I will say Gal Gadot, uh, in my humble opinion, plays an elegant Diana, and in WW84, uh, it's no exception. Lilia Spell did an amazing job of playing young Diana again, and then there's Pedro Pascal. Well, let's just say I think he's a much better Mandalorian than a psychologically damaged father slash supervillain. Okay, uh, I'm going to say right here that there may be spoilers in some of the stuff that comes next. So, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, I suggest coming back to this part of the podcast after you watch it. As I was saying, Gal Gadot was a phenomenal um, Wonder Woman, and she really embodies the elegance and purity of that character. Everything around her wasn't quite as good. Uh, I can't say I've really seen Kristen Wiig in anything that I can recall, but really felt like she was trying way too hard in her role as Barbara Minerva, aka Cheetah. And to be fair, there really wasn't a whole lot of Cheetah, so that was a bit of a letdown for me. I also felt like they were trying to augment a mediocre plot with over-the-top special effects. Now, Wonder Woman is such a powerful superhero that the movie doesn't really need all that flash. I mean, that's just my humble opinion, but but it really doesn't. So, overall, the plot of the movie was a bit out of control. And while I really do adore Pedro Pascal in Mandalorian, his role in Wonder Woman was very disappointing. Uh, I felt like he was in a position to have to overact or push the envelope to make the character work. For me, the best parts of the movie were the opening uh, with young Diana on Themyscira competing in a com uh, competition of skill and strength against full-grown women and, and winning uh, until she loses focus. And, you know, a little life lesson for her. And it really tunes in on the lesson of truth that Diana lives by as Wonder Woman. Uh, the other great part of the movie was towards the end, when Diana speaks truth to the whole world through Max Lord, and you really get a sense of her purpose and how she essentially worships truth. Uh, Diana's monologue speaks of how beautiful the world is, how beautiful truth is, even if truth hurts, 
And the way Gadot executed the monologue was just masterful. Um, you get a real sense that, in a way, she's Wonder Woman. She's finally coming into her own and accepting the truth that she's been fighting against uh, since she lost her beloved Steve. And she sort of opens up to the idea that it, that truth is real and it's beautiful and it's, you know, it's worth having, even if it's uncomfortable. But honestly, much, much of what was in between those moments was really unremarkable to me. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure who would see Max Lord in the height of his lunacy as a legit person speaking to the world. Uh, I feel like they never really truly define his purpose either. He just becomes this wish stone and then gets crazy granting wishes and taking things from people to what end to get more, more of what, uh, it, was really hard for me to see him as a legitimate villain. I'm just saying. But still, lovely guy. Great actor. So the other great part of the movie is the outtake. Now, if you haven't seen it, uh, when you do, make sure you sit through some of the credits and wait for the outtake. Because it opens with this bustling town, like a farmer's market, with uh, a lot of people scattered about pursuing, you know, whatever wares are out there. You see the back of a woman with black hair, wearing a blue cloak, walking down the center of the street, and the cable breaks and some signs drop, and soon after this pole comes falling down, and you see a mother shielding her child uh, in a baby carriage, and this mysterious woman just reaches up and catches the post with one arm. And a couple of guys take the burden off of her, and the mother chases after the woman in the blue cloak, yelling, Please, you have to let me thank you, miss, and, you know, and, and prompting for the name. And, and then the woman turns around, and it's none other than Linda Carter, the iconic Wonder Woman uh, for those of you who don't know, um, and she introduces herself as Asteria. Now, if you don't know the story behind Asteria, when the Amazons escaped man's world and Them to Themyscira, uh, Asteria stayed behind to guard the exit while Queen uh, Hippolyta led the Amazons to safety. So this bodes well for another Wonder Woman movie. And in fact, I looked it up, Warner Brothers has already started fast-tracking the development of Wonder Woman 3. Uh, as of yet, I haven't seen any news on whether Linda Carter will be returning. Let's hope that she does, and this is a fun preview. They really need to leverage that character, uh, the characters involved with, you know, with their, their personalities, their personas, and, and spend less time messing around with CG. Come on, let's learn from our mistakes. So, that's my quick summary of Wonder Woman 1984. Hopefully that's helpful to you. Um, I definitely suggest seeing the movie if you're a fan of Wonder Woman. Uh, again, I was not impressed by it, but it was worth the time to watch it. Okay, so real quick, there's a few shows that are starting up in January that I'm a little excited for, and I wanted to take a few moments to go over them in this next section. So the first is Cobra Kai. Now, I don't know how many of you are fans of Cobra Kai, uh, it's returning to Netflix on January 1st, so, you know, I know what I'll be binge-watching come the new year. Um, they released a new trailer around December 9th, and I think I've got that linked in the show notes. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed the first two seasons, and it looks like they're turning the heat up on season three and bringing Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso together for some greater good. The irony is they're having to join forces to fix the conflict they started that was escalated when uh, John Kreese returned to Cobra Kai and took over. Now, the trailer shows Lawrence visiting Miguel Diaz in the hospital and helping him, quote-unquote, 
uh, with his recovery. And of course, there's the Lawrence humor baked into it, which I enjoy. Um, you also see Kyler, a bully from season one, who basically got beat up by Johnny Lawrence, which fostered some animosity between him and LaRusso, because Kyler was also sweet on Samantha, La, uh, LaRusso's, you know, daughter, Daniel's daughter. Now, if you recall, when Samantha dumped him, she started, or he started spreading vulgar rumors about her at school. So, yeah, he, he didn't make an appearance in season two, but he's back for season three. And you see him standing in the Cobra Kai dojo and is now appears to be part of Kreese's student base. So, meanwhile, it looks like Robbie Keane uh, Keen ends up in prison and is having a rough time of it. Uh, there's also a scene with Amanda, Daniel's wife, giving Kreese a what for in his own dojo. Uh, they also hint at Daniel going to Okinawa. Um, and he clearly encounters uh, Chosen, Toguchi, the nephew of Sato, uh, and the main antagonist of Karate Kid Part 2. And you see a small scene of them fighting, so maybe Daniel's going there to up his game a bit. Uh, it should be interesting. Honestly, there's a lot packed into this trailer, so definitely suggest you watch it like no less than three times. But I'm super excited uh, for that and to see how they unpack the storyline. Um, and, and, you know, I have high expectations it's going to be thoroughly entertaining. All right, another show that's starting in January that I'm a little excited about is Batwoman. Now, I'd say I've become a moderate fan of Batwoman during its first uh, season, and that may be due to the awesome crossovers from the Arrowverse, but still, I've enjoyed it. However, it's been my experience that TV show doesn't last much longer when major characters are replaced or removed uh, even less so when the main characters replace. So if you haven't seen the show, Kate Kane, played by Ruby Rose, returned to Gotham to become Batwoman season one. And the whole season seems to be focused on her coming into her own and assuming the mantle of the resident Bat hero after Bruce Wayne disappeared and took Batman with him. Gotham has been in need of their Bat something, uh, and Kane reluctantly stepped up to fill that role. Now, come season two, Ruby Rose has stepped down from the role of Kate Kane and Batwoman to be replaced by Ryan Wilder, played by uh, Javicia Leslie. Hopefully I said that right. Uh, so, we have a new Batwoman and a new Batsuit that will premiere in episode three. Uh, for the time being, Ryan will don the Kate uh, the Kane Batsuit. Now, back to my main point. So, shows that lose one or more major character or cast members generally don't survive much longer. Uh, look at Once Upon a Time. It lost six of their main characters, uh, and in September 2017, they tried to um, hit the reset button and kind of failed miserably. The Office continued for two seasons after Steve Carell left, and uh, let's be honest, even diehard fans had to be happy that to see that end. Uh, Scrubs tried to do a ninth season without much of its main cast, and while it was still entertaining, the show just didn't have the same magic. Lethal Weapon lost uh, Clayne Crawford when he was fired after multiple incidents on the set, and it crashed and burned. Uh, X-Files made it through seasons 8, 9, and 10 without Duchovny, but it eventually folded, and again, I think the fans were happy to see that end. Sleepy Hollow lost uh, Nicole... Uh, Beharry and folded a season later. Though I felt that Tom Meeson as, uh, you know, Ichabod Crane was really the talent behind that show. So, let's be fair. Only shows that managed to keep going after major characters left are Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, and Walking Dead. 
However, to play devil's advocate, Batwoman is just getting started, and a tasteful transition might be okay. I do remain hopeful, and I'm looking forward to seeing how, um, you know, Leslie takes to the new suit. Uh, maybe with some grit, a few crossovers, and a loyal fan base, it might make it through this loss. Who knows? Okay, so there's one more show that I'm actually really excited for. Um, it's coming out. It's premiering on January 27th, and that's Resident Alien. Um, it's coming out on the Sci-Fi Channel. Now, I've added the first look at the first look trailer to the show notes, and it's definitely worth a look. Uh, it's based on a comic book series created by Peter Hogan and uh, Steve Parkhouse, published under Dark Horse Comics. The storyline is simple. It's about an alien named Harry. Um, that crash landed on our planet has to take the form of a small town doctor in Patience, Colorado. Now, Harry gets roped into solving a murder and soon realizes that he's going to have to find a way to try to fit in with the local indigenous people. Seems very interesting and very entertaining, and best of all, it stars none other than Alan Tidyuk, which is definitely a reason to watch it, whether you think it's going to be good or not. So, I stumbled upon the seven-minute First Look trailer by accident. I honestly had no idea the show was even being produced. The seven-minute trailer starts out with an alien basically savagely killing the man that he ends up impersonating. I also found uh, a sci-fi at the con panel for Resident Alien that shows the first ten minutes of the TV show, uh, which is also in the show notes. Um, It starts out with the sheriff coming into the middle of nowhere to get Harry. Now, Harry is out fishing. When he turns, you get a first look at his alien face, which is super awesome. Uh, The sheriff, who calls himself Big Black and Deputy Liv, want Harry to come investigate a murder. Uh, And of course, he's like, what about the local doctor? Well, the murder is the town doctor. So Harry goes off into town and you get a feeling that when Harry sees himself in the mirror, he sees his alien face or they're doing that for emphasis, uh, you know, for the audience perspective. But uh, the intro gives more information about how he crashed lands and in the middle of nowhere and finds the cabin in the woods near a pond. He actually, um, the the actual Harry is asleep on the couch when the door busts open uh, and wakes him up. And yep, it's the alien. Harry makes a bad choice and decides to start a fight with an alien, which of course leads to his demise. Uh, what's an alien to do? Take over being Harry, of course. There's some funny stuff in there, watching the alien learn how to talk, engaging with local population, learning our customs, and making some silly mistakes along the way. Uh, definitely worth a watch, and I'm pretty excited for its release. Uh, it promises to be very, very entertaining. Um, yeah, so if you get a chance, check out those trailers and uh, and watch the, the con panel. You'll, you'll enjoy that. Okay, that's it for this episode. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this. Uh, if you have and you're feeling generous, consider supporting me. Open your favorite web browser to geektastic.link support. Uh, be sure to share and like this podcast on your favorite apps, such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. If you have any comments, suggestions, email me at podcast at geektasticdad.com. Hopefully you have a great day, a great new year, and let's hope that 2021 uh, is much better than 2020. So take care and uh, be safe.